0: Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Larry Wilmore. You are listening to Black on the Air. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you guys are celebrating. Happy to all of it. Celebrate it all is what I say. We are just about a week away from Christmas. Hope everybody, in this really tough year, hope everybody is having a good or, you know, a restful holiday season. Something. This is a fun episode today. I'm talking to Steve McQueen, famed director of 12 Years a Slave, Widows. He has a new series called Small Acts that is on Amazon Prime right now. And it's really good. You guys have to see it. It's a series of five films, and it's so good. It celebrates uh, Black British culture, which we don't get a lot of, you know. A lot of that information just feels just missing from (laughs) the cinematic landscape. So Steve McQueen, thank God, is there to fill in the blanks. We had a great conversation we talked about a week ago. So I hope you enjoy that. And, you know, not much to say right now. Again, you know, we're getting towards the end of the year here. I'm very concerned about the coronavirus. You know, there seems to be a surge everywhere here in Southern California. I guess it's gotten really bad too. It's just still scary out there. And yet there's still concern, especially on my part and everyone's part too, that we want to make sure people can make a living at the same time. And what's the best way to do that? I I still disagree with them not allowing outdoor dining in Southern California. I mean, to me, I don't see how that is a big spreader of the coronavirus, but I'm not a doctor, you know, <laughs> I'm not a scientist. I'm saying it kind of anecdotally, but um, it would be nice if they could find a way to do that just to help stop some of the bleeding from some of the businesses. You know, there are a lot more businesses than restaurants, of course, too, but that's one of the more blatant ones where people interact with it. And it really is hurting a lot of people. So hopefully we can do something soon about that. And thank God the vaccine is here, guys, so people can start getting it. I have some medical first responders in my family who are going to be getting it soon. I probably won't be able to get the vaccine till like August or whatever. (laughs) Nobody cares. Nobody cares if I get the vaccine. And I will take the vaccine. I have joked about it, but I will take it, you know. Um, but who knows when I'll be able to take it, but I'm not concerned about it. I want to make sure, you know, the people that should be getting it, get it first. And let's just hope, you know, that all works out too. Trump has still not admitted that he lost this election. It's so bizarre. You know, it's even, it's just so bizarre. How many people have just drunk the Kool-Aid on that side? Because I mean, Trump is a crazy man. The fact that they can't say that he's a crazy man at this point is beyond me. Because, you know, the people against him always thought that. Always thought he was a crazy man from the beginning. You know, we weren't just, you know, politically against him. He is a crazy man. And to see his behavior, the amount, the thousands of times he's played golf and the zeros of times he has shown compassion to the people suffering from COVID is shocking to me. It's just shocking. Um, and he's making this thing all about himself. He's just raising money, but the people who are following down this rabbit hole, you guys, it's, it's just amazing to me. And I know you're saying, Larry, what are you amazed at? (laughs) These people have been supporting him, you know, but, uh, I just, it's just shocking to me, you know, uh, from people on the news, uh, to just so many people everywhere. And he's just planting in their head that this is a stolen election and, you know, he's the president in exile and all this stuff. So. Who knows? I mean, they do every, you know, even even the trolling of Dr. Jill Biden, the future first lady, former second lady, (laughs) like (laughs) the Wall Street Journal piece trying to uh, uh, take away the doctor title from she doesn't deserve to be called doctor. You know, she's not, you know, curing people. And the, the people on the right who think it's a hill they need to die on to not Called Dr. Joe Biden doctor because she's not a medical doctor. It's so ridiculous. I I look at it like this. If she has a doctor and she wants to be called doctor, I got no problem with that. I mean, if she doesn't want to be called doctor, I got no problem with that. But it's kind of up to them. But there is something, I do think definitely there's something misogynist behind this where you're trying to strip that away from a woman. Come on, man. You know there is that. I've just never seen anybody go after a man trying to take away the doctor title. Never. Never seen it. I mean, think about it. Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. King, you know. I never saw people try to take away the doctor from him, you know. And as black people, that doctor meant a lot. And he was a doctor of theology. He wasn't a medical doctor. Nobody, no black people thought Dr. King was going to come and give them a Heimlich maneuver or open up their chest and perform heart surgery. Or, you know, I mean, he had a bedside manner, but that was a different thing. But he was called Dr. King. In fact, I saw this clip of Dr. King on like a meet the press or something. This is from the early 60s. This is like 1961, okay? And hadn't done the March on Washington, any of that stuff yet. He was just coming into prominence. You know, they had done the Montgomery bus boycotts, I, I assume. And yet you have the white commentator, the white announcer, and you have, man, people are so prejudiced back there. You have to look this up on YouTube. There's, uh, you know, the white press people. And press people were fucking, they were racist, man. Um, but just the way they're kind of icy towards Dr. King, some of these people. But they still addressed him as Dr. King. I remember I was looking this up because I wanted to see if people addressed him as Dr. King. Uh, I didn't look it up for this. I, look, I did this years ago. I was trying to find out. I was trying to find out this information. And sure enough, this is in 1961. This isn't after the fact where they're trying to bestow uh, something on Martin Luther King Jr. because he was assassinated and all that. Well, let's call him Dr. King. Uh Uh-uh. Didn't have it then. In 1961, you guys, uh, on a meet the press or one of those shows, white people are calling him Dr. King. Okay? And they did not have an expectation (laughs) that he should not be called Dr. King because he wasn't putting a popsicle stick in people's mouths. All right. So it is so disingenuous to think that that people from the right have to come to the rescue to make sure that we don't we don't somehow think that Dr. Joe Biden is going to be taking our temperature and that our expectation is not that. How stupid do they think people is? People know there are different types of doctor degrees and doctors that it means different things. It's so ridiculous that they would choose this to go after. Especially, like I said, when you have this fool who in the White House, who's responsible in my mind for the deaths of so many of these people in COVID right now. That I wish he were a doctor of education or theology. I wish he had that kind of sense. I would call him Dr. Trump all day if he was, if he was acting right for people. But stop it, everybody. You know. All those people on the right who think this is some noble and honorable fight, you know, it's not. It's stupid and it's petty and it's ridiculous, you know, especially when you have that monkey in the White House who's acting the way he is. That's it. That's what I got. Other than that, everybody stay safe out there. Enjoy my conversation with Steve McQueen. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. What does your next drive look like? Running between meetings? maybe a getaway with the whole family. Either way, the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life with premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. All right, welcome back. Uh, It's my pleasure uh, to introduce uh, this very esteemed director on the world stage right now, you guys. <laughs> I've been a fan for a while. Of course, Widows and 12 Years a Slave, he's best known for, but he's got this great new series of film, on uh, Amazon Prime Video on BBC One uh, under the title Small Acts, and you guys have to see it. They're really fantastic. And uh, Steve McQueen, welcome to Black on the Air. How you doing, man? Not bad, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much with the big time difference here. You're in Amsterdam. I'm in Los Angeles. And I know you're doing tons of press for this. So we really appreciate you coming up. But we're also very excited about this series of films. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's um it's it's great. The response has been fantastic and great
0: place. Yeah, it it immediately to me comes across as a labor of love. I mean, as it definitely a labor, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> But,
1: eleven years in the making, and it's one of those wow. things where, um, yeah, it, it it was a call, it was a want and a need, but at the same time, I, it was a situation where one had to sort of be, get be prepared for it. I think that that eleven years was about sort of mastering um, up the courage as well, um, and to have some kind of a distance perspective to sort of get a, a, a right sort of um, viewpoint on yeah. it. Really, to you know, sometimes how, how we see our parents when we're teenagers, and how we see our parents now. Uh, yeah. It's a very different uh, perspective.
0: Where did the idea first come from? Did, were you always interested in doing this type of thing and and uh, you felt like it was the right time or did someone approach you about this? How, how did the uh, idea first come about?
1: Uh, the, the idea came through a frustration. Uh-huh. And again, a want and a need to see stories on sure. screen, um, which I knew would be interesting to the, not just to the black public, but in, to the sort of... Um, to, to you know, to larger viewing audience in, in a way, and it was one of those, yeah. uh, one of those things where sometimes something can be so specific to you that I knew it could be so it, it could be seen um, in a way as uh, as 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 um, something for everyone. Um, yeah. And it's, again, it was about filling a hole in the canon of, of British cinema because sure. you know I, I would have wanted to see these films as I was growing up. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of, most of these films weren't made obviously in the time that they were they were made, sure. in, and I'd love to see them in a way. So again, it was a, it was a wanted need to sort of fill a gap in the, in the canon of British cinema. Cause we didn't, we, yeah, we were not invited. We've been yeah. filming television in the UK.
0: Yeah. And was the intent uh, from the beginning and, and let's describe it a little bit. So there are five films. Uh, yeah. And if I get them wrong <laughs> correct me. and I've seen them all and I've, I really love them. Mangrove, uh, mm. Lover's Rock, Red, White mm. and Blue, Alex on Education. Those are That's the great. names, right? Each of them have their own kind of feel yet. They're all connected. And uh they all have kind of a different effect on you too. Some of it is kind of eye-opening, some of it is just engaging. I found myself emotional. E- education actually made me the most emotional, ironically, you know. Uh, such a simple story. That kid uh who played uh Kingsley was just so simple in his performance, but man, he's so arresting. I found myself crying in that one because of the simple the simplicity of what you're showing us, uh, Steve, and I want you to, I just want you to know how powerful it is to see a simple story of something you don't know.
1: Yeah. And again, it's, 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 it's two things. It's actually, it's a complicated story. Yeah. Told simply. And sometimes. If it's a if it's a if it's a simple story, you got to tell it com- in, a, in a complicated way.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: On. So there's, there's two ways yes. of doing, it. and I think with, with education because it comes through a, mainly, well, through this boy's perspective, but of course, on his mother, mm-hmm. you see sort of the, the real kind of um, the real kind of immediate reaction because children yeah. are very black and white. They're very kind of you know good or bad. They're very yeah. they're very moral. You know, this yeah. is wrong. This is right. And Right. Sometimes they have great reflection on, on who we are as adults, because sometimes we seem to want to blur the lines, but the kids are very much, no. You know, this is it, this is how we act, this is, this is what I was taught, this is how it's got to be. So it's, um, yeah, it's very confronting sometimes, obviously.
0: Yeah. If you go back to Mangrove, the story of Mangrove, what's interesting, it's a history lesson in some ways for people that don't know that. As an American, I love finding out these types of stories, you know, because our stories get told a lot, you know. And I feel like the Black-British story is rarely, if ever, told. And it's it's such a revelation to see these type of almost parallel events happening. There was a, a British Black Panther movement as well as an American one.
1: Yeah, you know? and they were very closely intertwined. They, they, yes. they had contact with each other. And Anthony mm-hmm. Jones Laquan was the head of the Black Panther Party in, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the U.K., and Dark as how again uh, you know he was going in between there was a lot of contact between the two because this wasn't obviously it was it was a north american sort of the birthplace that was made but they had a huge um, a ripple effect throughout throughout the world uh-huh. um and yeah that was sort of interesting in a way that for me a lot of black people in the uk don't even know about it. yes you know, yes yes The stories often get swept underneath the carpet but also they get swept under the carpet because of the trauma, that, you know, uh-huh. what happens afterwards, the, the, you know, the post-traumatic stress, um, PSNT, PT, oh God, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, uh-huh. Because what happens during that time is people are made to pay. And sometimes because they're made to pay through the, you know, the police or the authorities or whatever, people don't like to translate those stories because this, they, come, they come with so much suffering, yeah. even a victory. Often it is, uh, is 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 seen as uh, it, the, the the score is leveled often in a brutal way.
0: Yeah, and Mangrove uh, starting with that one, it deals with the owner of a restaurant who is needlessly harassed by police, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of tells his story. And uh, there was a, a famous trial with I believe was it nine in the nine. Mangrove, yes, nine, yeah. the trial of nine, which is was a famous trial, and yet. What's interesting is that this happened again and again, you don't dramatize the subsequent things, but the, the ongoing fight about just having people, people who just want to exist. I and mean, this, they're not even trying to do anything. They just want to exist. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I think the authorities, the Mangrove restaurant in All Saints Road in Notting Hill. Yes. Different Notting Hill that I imagine a lot of people will know about through uh, <laughs> the yes. Roberts. But this is the this is this is not in hill, as I said. This is not in hill. Yes. And that mango restaurant was was a haunt for the Hoi Poloy and Frank opened it for anyone to come and, and gather, you know, the local uh-huh. people, the people. But you, you Jimi Hendrix went, the Missa a went, Nessa uh-huh. Redgrave went, um, you know, you know, Marvin Gay. There's all these sort of black people and and Hoy Peloy, the stones what kind of went there. And I think for those sort of people and the Black Panther Party to be together at that uh-huh. location, sharing ideas with, 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 all, with, with, with these, these people, normal people who had not worked nine to five, who want, want to come in and have some wasting their food, was, was dangerous. And I think they wanted to sort of, you know, and they saw the examples of what going on in the States, and they wanted to sort of, uh, you know, they didn't want that to sort of re- replicated in the UK. So that's where they went for the mangrove.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting also at that time, there was a big, uh, a big immigration movement in Britain from the West Indies during That's that right. time. Yeah. I think there was a political movement or there was some sort of, of not political movement, but. Um,
1: there was a politician called Enoch Powell who yeah. in nineteen eighty nineteen sixty eight, 1968 rather. Yes. At the same time as a mangrove uh, was, was, was being built. He gave a very famous anti-immigration speech and he called it the rivers of blood speech. And in that speech, he said where the black man will have will hold the whip hand over the white man. And it was an inflammatory speech, which sort of changed a lot in racial agents in, in, in the UK. Um and that was at the same time Frank was building his restaurant. So then again, it allowed all of people to sort of, you know, to voice their views uh in a very kind of a direct manner, a lot of white people. And yeah, there was a lot of friction. There was a lot of friction. So that's that that's 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 the sort of um and you see when in the, in the beginning of uh, the uh, of the film, you see a powerful uh, PM, prime minister, you know, spray painted on the wall, you know, graffiti on, on the wall. So it was a real sort of um, hot bed of uh, unrest in that time.
0: Were your uh, parents uh, in that area? What area of, of Britain did, did you grow up in?
1: Well, at that time, I think they were in Shubba's Bush, which was, which was a neighboring area. So the uh-huh. Shubba Bush and Labra Grove are a very neighboring area. That's where, they, that's where my, my parents were from. My father was a frequent visitor to the, uh, to the mangrove because it, he's, he, one of his best friends was uh, wow. one of the mangrove. Um, Roland Gordon was one of his best friends, one of the, one of the mangrove nine.
0: Uh-huh. And how much of this story did you already know before you made it? Or did you find this experience kind of almost a revelation to yourself as well?
1: Well, I didn't know about it until maybe about 10, 15 years ago. I can't remember when, uh-huh. but then I didn't even know until when I was making the picture that my father's, one of his best friends, Gordon, who I knew, I didn't oh, no. know he was involved in that until my mother told him, I what? Because it was a case of, it was very, you know, look, I could tell this story 50 years after.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, it, t- it took them 50 years for this to come to the screen because, you know, there's, there was a lot and people, you know, have lived and died in that period. Um, um, and it's just one of those things which caused a lot of unrest. And I think people were very, you know, traumatized, like I said. Yeah.
0: Still are. Do you think that was a turning point in the culture of Britain uh, around that period uh, where you had these clash of cultures going on where Britain wanted to hold on to something, but, you know... Something else was kind of on its way. Something I mean, it else was on its
1: way, and it was unstoppable and undeniable. Yeah. We've tried to do it ever since, uh, but you know, there's a thing about a certain kind of, you know, resilience of, mm-hmm. of black people, West people, which you, know, you can't be sort of dimmed. I yeah. mean, you know, we have changed it. You know, the culture, popular culture, um, you know, political sort of uh, every day, forever, and it can never yeah. be reversed. Yeah, um, and we just keep on going because that's what we are. So we are, uh, we 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 have nowhere else to go. <laughs> you know, we're not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where, um, you know, it, there's a resilience, but also there's a that we do it with so much fun and laughter and style and yeah, you know, and it's it, it's it's not what you do, it's the way that you do it. You know, <laughs> well,
0: yeah. What's interesting about when I think about the American Black experience and that history, when I look mm-hmm. at this is, uh, and what I love about what you do in these films is the, the bringing of the culture to the place, you know, mm-hmm. and the, from the language, like I had to put on the closed caption to understand a lot of it, you know, but I loved it. I loved hearing like, uh, uh, the language, uh, the references, uh, the, uh, the celebration, how much music is a part of this mm-hmm. story. Music to me is, is, is probably arguably one of the biggest aspects of this, you know, because a, a lot of this, even though it's some tough subject matter, it feels kinda of like a celebration of the culture as well, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Because I where we find a lot of our solace. It's yes. through it's, and it's food. Through, <laughs> movement. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's our therapy because unfortunately, you know, a lot of people can't, can't get to it, are not, you know, can't afford it or whatever or don't know anything about it. But our therapy has always been music, I think, and community. Yeah. Thank God for that. I mean, I think that's that's one of the things. And again, again in mangrove, we we get reggae, we get calypso, we yeah. get soda, we got ska. You know, and again, we, we we got the early sort of sense of a, a certain kind of um uh, how can I say a different kind of uh, sound system sound with, with, with dub, which is very futuristic. You know, similar yeah. to some genre in the way of jazz, but in, again, it's all about the future. And I think our music is has always progressed. Uh-huh. It's, it's always been about the things that you just out of reach because, you know, today's record is, is yesterday's news. We're always yeah. after something new um, and with sound. Sure. Um, and I don't know, again, I think it's a places like New Orleans where people could get their hands on the instruments, you know, again, mm-hmm. you know, Creoles and, and, and the black people there, in order to experiment, to express. And it was immediate. Um, I don't know. It, it, it definitely was our salvation. There's none of it, but i maybe about it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: and the solace of getting away into that music. Like Lover's Rock mm. is almost like a pure expression of that kind of getaway, you know? In fact, that whole Lover's Rock movement is kind of an apolitical type mm. of of expression too, you know?
1: Well, I think I think nothing is not political, to be honest yeah. with you, but even falling in love is political.
0: Sure, you know, sure, I, yeah.
1: I, I understand what you're saying.
0: I, I'm saying as a distinction between overtly political music, you know? Yeah, the politics almost comes in the exclamation, of course, too. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, I think interestingly enough, the only reason these parties were sort of invented was because of of the overt politics, because black <laughs> people would not come back to clubs. Yes, so, you know
0: what I mean? needed a place to party, right? Right.
1: Need a place to party, absolutely, yes. and, and of course, and also just, I mean, I, that's why I love with the with the songs it's, um, "Silly Game" because it's it's all about you know, it transforms and transcends in a way, because yes, it's all about it. some, some guy who's very bashful and he doesn't want to sort of, you know, come out, uh-huh. sort of stop playing silly games. And it's obviously a, a, a woman who sort of say, come on, let, let's, let's come yeah. out yourself, let, let, let's come together, shall I? But at the same time, it transforms it into the silly games, which is our Alice, because that party is being surf and navigated by crocodiles and sharks, the police, you know, their jobs, their way working nine to five, which is, you know, the racist boss or whatever. And they're finding that Saturday night, they're working nights like five days a week, but they're living for that Saturday night. They're living for the Saturday night.
0: Yeah. I found it very beautiful. Uh so engaging. I could have watched an hour of that, you know, an hour more of that party. Mm. It's so interesting because it's it's different from everyone else in that it's not a historical topic necessarily. It's not someone's life. It's more a a, a look into that time, I guess. So it's historical from a different oh. standpoint. But it feels more expressive than the other ones. Did, was that something? Was that an idea that you had before, or did it come out of thinking of these other things that 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 lent to this?
1: It's a it, story comes from my aunt because my aunt mm-hmm. was not allowed to go to blues parties, but my uncle used to leave the back door open for her, and she a oh. creep out because my grandmother would never allow her to go. So it was a, for yeah. me, it was always a Cinderella so, story. It was yeah. always about this. This girl who's, who goes to this blues yeah. and everything, everything magical, falling in love and everything happening within that 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 that, that journey. But also, again, this little weight of Christianity, you know, uh-huh. on us, and uh, and and the whole idea of that sort of, you know, that mad cousin which we all have, you know, again, and he, he, because of the system, the system has has somehow chipped away at him. And you know, all those things, the guy with the cross, I remember seeing him, He's this guys are carrying a cross. I hope I'm not spoiling anyone, but I don't think I am. Meaning that you will know what I'm talking about, but when you see you walk. Yep. Um, <laughs> right, right. The guy with the cross who carries the cross, um, he was a guy who was around, he was around Labrador, Shubba Bush, Chelsea, he was always walking around carrying a cross. And I remember seeing him at a bus stop and how is he going to get in that bus? And he, got, <laughs> and he collapsed and I'm like, damn, okay. These guys carrying a cross. Yeah. So it was about the magic a yes. night and you know when you know come 12 o'clock the coach turns into pumpkins and the horse sure. turns into mice and then you know you get the knock at the door of that church and then another kind of because because sure. this was their church this was these young people's church where okay. they could really express themselves they could be who you know they could be fully themselves within that environment and that's what happened on set you know these actors were were, were fully themselves in that environment. Of course they were great actors meaning they had to live within uh, limitations of that period. But within of that period, they can actually go beyond. So often it's almost like writing, you know, melody and harmony. And then, you know, they could go off and improvise, but you have to stay with the harmony and the melody. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. And it was, it was, it was, it was incredible. It was a wonderful thing to, um, to be involved in. How you
0: know? difficult is it from a directing point of view? Because um, to do a, 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 it feels like a party scene that long has so many challenges. And I, I noticed that you're also a co-editor on these series too. Do you, do you edit some of that in your head ahead of time? Are you editing as you're going in your head some of that, what some of these images no. need to be? Or is it all like, I'm just, let's just do it. And we'll <laughs> we'll, well put it all together.
1: Sometimes, sometimes you do.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But often I think you can't do that. I mean, some things you have to do. Uh-huh. But again, when you're in the moment, you are got to let it play. That's why the, the shots play long. yeah. Because finally, if you, find it, you have to see it, you're fine. You've got to be also, I want you to, if you do too many, but for me, in certain secrets, you do too many cuts. You take people out every five minutes. But if they're in there yeah, and you fuse it, then the viewer becomes part of the, of, of, of the, of the party, becomes uh-huh. part of the environment. Um, you know, again, uh-huh. you don't have to chop, 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 chop. No, 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 you have to feel, 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 feel. It's a different uh-huh. thing, different thing completely. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. how important was the casting process in this? you such a wonderful cast. Through and through, every episode, the revelations in it. To talk to me about that process for you, I read something where uh, some ideas you had a while ago, and I'm sure since the project took a while, maybe some of those ideas changed over the years, or that sort of thing.
1: Well, for, for example, like uh, certain things I cast like six years, six years ago, they so got the mm-hmm. actors around. And uh, Letitia Wright, for example, I cast her before Black Panther. I remember mm-hmm. I didn't, and I didn't audition because I thought, okay, she's got this energy. She, she definitely has this this thing like the Laquan, but a lot of it, uh, there's a, my concert called Gary Davey, because I said to Gary, look, I want new young people. Bring me new young people, please. Uh-huh. I just want to give people, because I remember when I got a, a chance, uh-huh. I got a shot, and it's about taking a shot. Now, I thought to myself, if I could get people in a room, we get to rehearse, and, and I feel, I could feel them, and guess what? It's there for taking, it's yours, because these opportunities aren't given to a lot of black actors in the UK. A lot right. okay in fact, hardly ever. So also that they, they can portray themselves in a way, you know, they could, it's like, you know, you Scorsese casting Italian Americans. They bring their flavor to it. You know, you, know you, could, you could cast them and you give them the lines, you give them the script, but they they bring their flavor to it. And that's what, that's what it is. So I was doing the same with this because I knew what people, when they're on set, they will just be themselves. they will be a, a version of their mother, a version of their father, uh-huh. a version of something. And they add their own spice to it. So that was great, great.
0: Yeah, what is the state of black stories in British television and cinema right now? I mean, I, I feel like have like are many of these people known? Are you introducing no. <laughs> like a lot of these actors to their <laughs> own to their <laughs> own country? <laughs>
1: yeah, None, I mean, like no, hardly any of them are known. Wow, Absolutely. that's no. amazing. I mean, a lot of, look, a lot, I mean, there's so many people like Alex Weedle. That was his first. He's never been on screen or stage yeah. before. Similarly to uh, the young lady, um, uh, goodness wow, gracious.
0: he was fantastic
1: in Lovers Rock. She yeah. had never been on on, on film before. Um, of course, the young boy, never been on on film of all wow. Um But you could feel that. You could feel the energy and in your know, audition, and you know, and again, yes, yeah, so many people had not been in front of a camera before, uh-huh. or their second time, if if that. And it was beautiful because then, uh-huh. often, look, I learned a lot. From people mm-hmm. who hadn't been on camera for because oh good okay that's how you do it okay so yeah. let's turn the camera this way certainly you know let's <laughs> change everything for you because you're giving me something that I would never have thought So I'm not afraid wow. of that
0: yeah that's I
1: great. Think, I think, reason the reason why I'm not afraid of it is because I am you learn something new I know mm-hmm. there's nothing there's, the only thing that that's a problem is if it doesn't work that's all
0: do you feel like you have a style Steve I mean I'm. I know with many artists, they don't think of that consciously, but when you look at your work, do you, do you feel that you have a certain visual style that something is, is consistent there or, or when you're in it, you're just trying to just simply tell a story and, and the way that that, that story kind of dictates kind of the way that you're going to shoot it. Is, is that how you work?
1: I think so. I, uh-huh. I don't, have, I mean, it's like someone saying to you, oh, your daughter, your son looks like this. Do they? <laughs> I, I
0: yeah.
1: imagine they do. Yeah. But no, I don't have, I don't, because I, you know what it is? And I think this is a, because a, every time, the day, the first day I went to, the day before I went to sleep, the first day, shoot a small act, I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep at all. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep because I was, ner- I, I was nervous. I couldn't sleep because it's like, so it's almost like the first time on a movie set. And that was weird. Um, but I think that's it. Because every time I make something, it's going to be brand new every time. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I can do it again. I don't know wow. if I can do it again. Oh, my God. Wow. Can I? I don't, know. I don't know. I hope I can. So, you know, <laughs> you have to, you know just, there's, a, there's a little bit of I I don't care about all the technical things or this and that and you, know, but you can uh-huh. have all of that. But it's, can I do it again? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's um, funny how I think directing is a mystery to a lot of people of how it's actually done because it is so different for many, uh, for, for many directors. How did you first become a director? Was it something that you started out to do or did it happen by accident for you?
1: Well, it started off when, well, I, my love for film started off when I was going out. I, I was seeing uh, a very dead girlfriend of mine who's a Swiss lady and mm-hmm. she, it's, it's a cinema, it's, just like, it's like movies. And I never went to the movie. The only time I went to movies was, of course, you know, the girls or whatever. Or the guys you'd see comedy and you know, not even pay attention to the screen, sure. Sure. throwing popcorn around. But all of a sudden, I was with this lady, and she was taking me to these sort of repertory cinemas. We were of repertory cinemas in the United Kingdom, London, that time in the late eighties, early nineties. And I just discovered the world through, sort of, in the dark with these, you know, movies being projected. I discovered what you know what was like to sort of you know, eat breakfast in Japan. I, I discovered what it was like to sort of, you know, fall uh-huh. in love in Paris. I discovered what it was to sort of, you know, to 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 get to someone's house on time in Iran. I mean, my God, the cinema was just, uh-huh. and I was in love at the same time falling in love in cinema. So again, uh-huh. it was a useful thing. And I that was when I just decided I would love to sort of see, so I didn't know. I, I thought to myself, I love the idea of actually making movies. And, and, and that uh-huh. was the beginning of it, really. Falling, being in love and, falling in love with cinema at the same time. So it was, it's wonderful it was, it, was, it was a, you know, you could never get that back, but it was a wonderful time.
0: Yeah, the falling in love period, were there any uh, films or directors that are kind of your favorites or your, your biggest source of inspiration?
1: Well, the, the, the film that sort of, again, it's, it, it's, called, it's called Zero the Conduit by Jean Bigot. I only discovered recently, because it was such a, you know, it's only 41 minutes. I, I didn't know it was only 41 minutes. Oh. And, and he, he, I think he made, I mean, he made one feature film and he made, no, no, no. He made, no, no. He made one feature film and a couple of short films. Uh, about three short films and on one, on one feature film. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that was it, that was in 19, uh, was, it, was it 35? I think it was 35, it was 35. Uh-huh. I think it was 35. Anyway, Wait. French guy. Um, I saw it one night and I thought it blew my mind. It was about um, a boarding school, a French boarding school and these kids sort of uh, rebelling. Oh. It and it it basically was revolution in the school. Uh-huh. They, took, they took over the school. <laughs> it was great.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. What does your next drive look like? Running between meetings? Maybe a getaway with the whole family? Either way, the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life with premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit Hyundai com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Uh you kind of burst in the scene for a lot of us in 12 years a slave. And what was the, the process of when you're you're doing something that is American culture, this black American culture? I want to talk about that versus doing black british culture you know uh did you feel any more responsibility or were you more nervous for either one of them i mean you talked about how nervous you were before small acts but did did it feel intimidating before you were doing 12 years of slave or, or what, what was the feeling behind that
1: no listen i've got majority of my family are mm-hmm. american um again i'm not the first european filmmaker to sort of make a hollywood movie i mean i think mm-hmm. you know I think the whole basis of American pictures, a lot of it is, is based on European filmmakers. So there's nothing, I'm not, I'm not nothing new. So you're dealing with a story which has taken place in sort of um, 1865, I think, I can't remember, about 1865. So there's a situation of doing a lot of research. Um, you know, again, it, there's a clean sheet in a way, but at the same time, it's all to do with research. And it was my wife who found the book, because I, I knew I wanted to tell the story of a, of, of a free man uh-huh. Who had been kidnapped and taken to slavery. And there it was, uh, a 12 Years of Slavery by Solomon Northup in his own hand. Uh-huh. So I thought, how come I, I didn't know about this movie? I, did, I mean, sorry, I didn't know about this, this book. And a lot of academics did. But also, it, interestingly enough, I only found out you know, while I was making it, I found out a little bit before uh, that there was a version of the movie that was made before, huh. actually, um, uh, Parks.
0: Gordon Parks?
1: Gordon Parks made that uh-huh. uh, in, I think, the 70s. But I think and went, yeah, would you believe? Uh, why, yeah, why do we know this? I didn't even know this. Um, so it wasn't necessarily intimidating at all um, because I feel that, you know, it, I'm not, I, there's a history of people like me coming from Europe making uh-huh. American films. And even even if you see seen later on, people like Hitchcock or, or Polanski. So there's not there's not any, there's not any, and even Otto Pressburger or Bly Wilder We go, oh, no, 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 no. So it's not-
0: uh, Well, it's, more, it's, not it's more, about, more about the black cultural uh, point of view, more so than the European doing something for Hollywood point of view. Um, yeah, but even
1: with, the, even, with the, even with the culture, what was interesting to me about the culture was how, at that time, the research. Because a lot of people, even now, again, it's, it's just about going backwards and discovering. I could not have done this without research. I could have not have done this without black American uh, people involvement in is impossible. Uh-huh. It would have been absolutely impossible. So it's about that research and it's about that want and that need to sort of tell the story about a particular time in history um, and to put it on the, on on the screen in order to sort of just debate it. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's I think it was important. I it was necessary to have those kind of kind of kind of conversations.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, every time we talk about something, it's these things, these stories that are invisible. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Solomon Northrop should should be a national hero. I mean, Absolutely. You
0: know?
1: And yeah. if you see his family, his extended family now, it's it's it. He, Solomon Northrop's family is America. Yeah. It's black, it's white, it's big, it's tall, it's small, it's every spectrum of what America is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um we with yeah, it's it's incredible.
0: Yeah, it's interesting the notion of of who gets to be a hero too. and in your third film, Red, White, and Blue, is it Leroy Logan? Is that his real name? Yeah, Leroy Logan. Yeah, Leroy Logan. Uh, it's the true story of of you know him becoming a, a police officer. That you know, not an easy thing to do, especially in those times. And uh, is also a, a fascinating story. Once again, the the power of your storytelling. There's a simplicity. When I say simplicity, I mean yeah. Here's here's what I mean. I feel like you're like taking us by the (laughs) hand and just taking us along. And we're seeing these things. We're almost eavesdropping on these people's lives and that sort of thing. And the brilliant John Boyega uh, portraying this role. I really enjoyed that a lot. It's once again, a a story that I had not heard about and didn't know about it. How well known is he in your, in your country?
1: Not that well known. He's going to be well known now, Leroy. But he, and again, his story, I, I ended his story at that particular time in his life. He went on to do other things and, there are other stories that, that could have been told about him. But I yeah. wanted to tell that story where, uh, you know, him entering into the police force at that time oh. and he gets to this dead end at some point. And it's a, it's, it's a story that every black person, be it in the UK or be in the US, will identify with. And, and sure. you know, in an industry, in in, in, in an institution, we at the workplace where you have done nothing wrong and you're being kept back. And in fact, you have excelled, but you're being kept back. Every black person in the UK or US will understand, identify with Leroy Logan's story, and you know it's so it's it's, it's it's so it's so commonplace, but you know, not not often seen on the screen. And I think we you know we you know here it is, and I you know again this this is the latest story. This is '84. This is the, the latest story in our, in in, in It's Isn't the last one? It's the latest one. And it's like, okay, where do we go from here? And it's about making our own it's about making our own it's about owning things uh, by us uh, of ourselves it's about that it's about you know you know getting you know getting our jews that's what it's about because we can't re- we can't rely on the white establishment we just cannot we can't unfortunately we, i mean unfortunately i don't want to. we can't rely on them
0: yeah and the comp the complications of trying to change from within too because we all seen the antagonism from without but how- Changing from within takes a different type of courage. You know, here's a guy that was on his way to be a research scientist and is brilliant by all means. And, you know, for many people thought it was a step down for him to do that, but he did it for these other reasons, you know, which are kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, again, I think he was an outgoing person anyway, but he yeah. did it because, yeah, he wanted to sort of help the, the community in a way. Yeah. And he, he, he thought he could take the brunt of it all and, 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 and that, as he says, um, and I'm not here to make any friends. I'm here to change the organization, you know, from, uh, <laughs> yeah. from within. And, you know, his story, what happened to him at the end and how and how he left the, the, the Metropolitan Police, is that that's a story in, in itself. But I'll, mm-hmm. I'll let the viewers and yourself find out how that happened.
0: Um, yeah, it is what it is. Did you uh, have a chance to talk to the real uh, Leroy Logan?
1: Oh, yes. He we, we was involved with us in the development of, of the picture, for sure. But you have great storytellers. In the sense of people like charles Burnett i mean I, I there was a movie uh-huh. i remember to, to sleep with anger i mean yeah. that is just so beautiful what a, yeah. what, a, what a beautiful movie and of course you know um you, you know that's so beautiful that picture because it's yeah. almost like everything in some ways it it feel it, it feel very close to that picture in a way because uh-huh. it's all about tradition, which yeah. is sort of evaporating and 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 folk tale, but it's real and you know it's real, and uh-huh. you know it's very interesting in some ways that how you know the South uh, comes into the sort of uh, I think it's, I know where, I think is in Chicago I can't remember. Where, anyway, there's a situation of the old and the new and how they uh-huh. sort of, uh, of course, killer sheep and stuff like that, which I you know, I remember seeing when I was uh, 19 years old. It was a huge impression because it was just people being people.
0: Yeah, well, Charles Burnett used a lot of non-actors too uh, in his work. <laughs> you know, which was much like you know when you're talking about first-timers and the. Kind of, he loved the authenticity and the kind of the spontaneity of a lot of that. But it's not always easy, as you know, working with non actors, you know. Uh, his stuff still looks amazing when you look at Charles Burnett's work. It's, there's, there's a, it looks like documentaries, <laughs> you know, some of the stuff that he did.
1: See, I never think, I think that's the one, one of the few movies that my mom really tuned herself into the, to, to sleep with anger, because yeah. it was about that, you know, that cousin or that sort of, yeah. uh, friend from the old cat coming to stay you have to put him up because where is he going to stay it's about us the community we've got to house him but he's sort of ruining the 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 family dynamic it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful shot i mean anyone hasn't seen it please go look at that picture
0: yeah i think the criterion channel if you're here uh in the u.s um i think they may have had a celebration of some of his stuff but it's it's great finding by the way what i love too is but going back and finding like early black filmmakers and people whose works you didn't know about is another great thing. Not just people in history, but other artists who have been making movies that were also kind of invisible. I, I talk about I've talked about in my work, too, that uh, many people talk about the racism in Hollywood or that type of thing. And, and I like to tell people, guys, a lot of it, it's not so much that Hollywood is against like black or whatever. It's more like you're invisible. You know, it's more like you have to try hard just to exist and be known and be seen. You know, and a lot of it's the same thing about our stories. A lot of our stories and our storytellers are just invisible. It's just hard for them to make a mark in the way that other people can.
1: When I wanted to do Twelve Years a Slave, I remember forget someone who was in you know who was working with us or, you know, in a circle and such said to me, "You're an impossible movie." And I was like, it was like, it was almost like every sort of obstacle was, you know, was put up against it. Oh, and they said, you know, this movie um, will not make any money uh, uh, internationally, um, you know, with a black lead. I said, okay. And this, and, the, and then certain things happened, you know, people pulled out, whatever, can't go into it. But, you know, obviously not, you know, I mean, that's the thing, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a weird time, but, you know, thank goodness that we, 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 we persevered, of course. I mean, it wasn't. I was not going. I was not going to not do it, of course. It was, but you know, we proved them wrong. But it was, you know, you have to take some licks before you actually, you know, get to a situation where you can sort of uh, do what you have to do. But it's, it's, you know, you know, whatever. But it was a very Hollywood. It's weird. I mean, I want to see another Charles Burnett movie. Charles Burnett makes. I don't know how many movies he's made. I mean, feature films. To sleep with anger. I mean, oh god, my 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 brothers wife, I can't remember that one, but uh-huh. it, how come there's not more? Or yeah. other people like it, making pictures which are just sort of, you know, not necessarily to do with anything other than sort of just every day, you know?
0: Was there an intention to have this be kind of a, because uh, you did this in conjunction with the BBC originally, you were working with them. Yeah. Was this intended as like a TV project, you know, films right. that were to be shown on TV? Was there a reason or purpose
1: behind that? I wanted my mother to be able to see them. That's why I mm. wanted
0: them. Uh-huh. Because,
1: you know, on, on you know, British Broadcasting Corporation, the whole idea that uh-huh. this accessibility, and it's part of the ethos of, of, of acts that there's a generosity uh-huh. and that any and everyone can access it. That's what I wanted from day one. Um, so that was it. I mean, there was a bit of a question at a certain point as far as you know, movies or no movies, but again, you stick to the original plan, just to, also because I wanted each individual film to get an equal amount of attention. Not just right. two um, but you're into a movie.
0: Whatever. Not have them be off <laughs> off on their own being rogue movies. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Which <laughs> any of them can stand on their own, you know, as a well, film.
1: Precisely precisely yeah. that. And therefore, you know, I mean you get five movies out at the same time. I doubt, you know, that, I don't know if that's possible or not. But it was that was that, that's what it wasn't for me. It was all about that wasn't even a debate, to be honest with you. Um, uh-huh. a fleeting debate, because you had to have that kind of debate. It wasn't inevitable. But it was all sure. about being on on, on on an easy, accessible situation so my mom and others could have access. That's that's the ethos of small acts.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, and I know you've been asked about this, but, you know, the timing of it, you know, which is not intentional, but in the wake of all the the global attention to some of the racial problems that, you know, we've, Black people have known about for years and years, you know, but finally, the rest of the world is paying attention to. Have you gotten feedback uh, from, uh the British public or anything uh, about maybe uh, the, the power of watching this right now or, or, or people being moved by it in a certain way? What is the feedback? Very about? emotional, very, mm-hmm.
1: very emotional. That's great. Um, and also the fact that, you know, grandparents and their children are, and mm-hmm. their children are watching it together. And after, oh, that's great. It was on a Sunday night in the UK, people are asking each other questions. But I'm getting the same thing yeah. from American audiences too, because again, it's, you know, we're talking about black people in the, in the, in the West you know, Speaking the same language in a, in a kind of <laughs> way, so there's you know again you know there's a conversation I have with someone about who lives in Chicago. So my goodness, it's it's almost like if the Leroy Logan was always a, a black policeman in Chicago, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and you know, things like that. Or you know, again, so there's so many parallels that it has become. Uh, of course, it, I mean, I never I forget. My sister said because we 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 did the screening at the London Film Festival, and she said she, at some point she wanted to scream at the at the screen. I think it was a case that she she saw. Things that she was so excited to see. Yeah. Um, and she saw herself. Um, and my art was, of course, very emotional. Um, but it was been a lot of, there's been a lot of conversation. I think what's happening when it when it's finished, the conversation begins. And I think as an art, what you want as an art, an artist, or all day if you make an artwork, for it to exist to advance the conversation. So I'm I'm grateful for that. But also that generosity of what we thought about before what i thought about before as far as it had been tv and accessibility uh-huh. for me has worked um and unfortunately of course with you know, COVID, of course it's, it's been very very effective because everyone's at
0: home <laughs> have all of them been released already um bbc
1: no no we've got one more left we've got education education left on, yeah uh, on friday which is sort of a bit of a yeah, there was a lot of little tears when people saw it for the first time.
0: Yeah, I know. Why is that so? That just got me. It really did. Yeah. It's so interesting. Has Have any of the films emerged as favorites of yours or anything?
1: No, because I think they all exist. I mean, again, I, I'm giving the, the answer that you don't want, but this is the
0: answer that I, 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 I I'll i really keep working until I get the answer I want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're, they're one thing, they're a yeah. journey. Yeah,
0: know, yeah,
1: like, yeah. But we were in 68. You know, and again, yeah. you know, the funny, the funniest thing was the last thing I shot. The last thing I shot, uh, and this is when the editing I was editing. And I know what I need. I need that shot. I need definitely that shot. Uh-huh. Where it was when Frank Critchlow, the owner of the mangrove, puts the uh-huh. card in the window that says "Black Ownership."
0: Yes, that was yes. the
1: last thing I shot. And um, wow, why am I why am I saying that? I'm saying that because. It's what we need, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because I, you I, know, I, again, I, I don't, you know, it's, it's just a case of having the freedom to uh-huh. do what you when you want to do, and 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 to bring one's community with them, and and, and like-minded people. Because I don't want to exclude anyone, but you know, your community and like-minded people to sort of the, you know, view or, you know, um, you know, have that kind of conversation. Because we you know, we need we really do need it now more than ever. This year has just told us. So, you know, we need each other. We need each other. And as in our, in isolation as we are, we find out even more how much we need each other. Um, and, you know, we are powerful when we're together. We're powerful when we listen, mainly. And we are powerful when we're able to solve problems together. It's, it's, it, and it's a beautiful experience. It's worth living for.
0: Definitely. Okay. Yeah, I love that image. Uh, it comes early on in the film. And for me, as a, as a Black American, so it, it's taken a little differently. Because ironically... When we had the riots here in 1992 mm-hmm. and uh, Rodney King was uh, assaulted by the police and there were big riots in Los Angeles, um, people were rioting, looting, all that type of stuff. But if you put Black-owned business in your window, you, mm-hmm. you know, it probably <laughs> wouldn't. Yes, exactly. So it's <laughs> ironic that putting Black-owned business in the window here. Like, starts in action, (laughs) looks in this film, where, which is kind of, it brought on all the attention, which is kind of interesting. But
1: the Brixton uprising, for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And that that expression of putting it out there, I thought was interesting. He's making that bold expression from the beginning. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Alex Weedle, too. Uh, His is the, uh, is that the pronunciation, Weedle? Yes, absolutely. Yes, this is the fourth story. It's a very interesting story. But what's even more fascinating is he was in your writer's room. And this was a story you learned while you were doing this.
1: Yeah. So, again, within the development of, of Small Axe, I thought it would be like a uh, six, 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 seven episodes TV show with one family going from 68 all the way through to the early And things
0: change, of course, and they sort of. In the development of it, yes.
1: Precisely, and, it, and and with one of the situations happened where I always asked everyone to uh, empty their handbags on the table. While <laughs> you write it. Um, and we sort through everything, and it, it was just Alex told this story, and I thought, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" But at the time, it didn't register. Uh-huh. So after, after you know, during that time, I said, "Look, it'd be great if you could tell your story," and he didn't want to write it because, uh-huh. and uh, him being, I thought you know he would obviously, be, but he, I think it was just everything was too close to him. Uh-huh. So myself and Alistair Simmons uh, who's an amazing uh, researcher um uh-huh. basically Alex with his help um and he's on every i think he's in every single picture as, as a consultant because of course uh-huh. he lived at, he lived you know he's obviously old nurse so he so there was a lot of information that we needed from him wanted he was a great consultant uh-huh. So the two writers, in fact, the, the writers' room became like an audition, and the only two writers I wanted to work with was Courtney Newland, who wrote uh, Red, White and Blue, and Love is Rockwood, and Alistair Simmons, who I wrote, uh, Mangrove, and uh, Alex Smootl, and uh, Education. Uh-huh. Um, and that was it, so yeah, his story was just crazy. crazy. But also one which offered me this in uh-huh. to a subject matter uh, in a way that I could never have imagined. Uh, he was he, uh, an in that this person had no knowledge of uh, his culture, black culture, because he was he, uh-huh. r- 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 um, raised in an orphan, orphanage and dropped in Brixton in 1978 at 15 years old at a hostel. And his evolution within that to become a, a well-known writer, but also his evolution within the environment to find out what it was to be black in the UK at that time.
0: Yeah, I found that very fascinating. Like at first I thought, wait, is this one education as I was <laughs> looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it felt like that, you know. I mean, um that one was so interesting his his journey. Uh I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially so many people who are drawn to the arts and that type of thing. Like I've always felt alone growing up like I wasn't sure you know that thing where you belong in a lot of different groups so you're not sure which group you actually belong in you kind of feel a little isolated type of thing and in america being connected to black culture but then there's different experiences of that and not knowing what's the authentic part of it and and uh just this uh his particular story on that was very interesting because you know uh just the he seemed like this character who just seemed so alone in many ways and you know, uh, I think a lot of people will will, will, will identify with
1: him because, yeah. of course, you know, he, you know, and I think he he did so many things within that story mm-hmm. because he had nothing to lose because he had nothing. Right. I think certain things he did in it, you know, you, you, as you know, other people might not know that haven't seen it. He did because he had nothing to lose. Um, right. And there was certain kind of fearlessness mm-hmm. about him because at, at some point I don't think he cared until he met a certain
0: person and what i appreciate about stories like that too is the incidental history that you lace in there the story about the fire that killed the 13 uh i'll, I'll say kids because they weren't really that old you know oh, they
1: were kids they were they, they, yeah. they, they were celebrating someone's 16th yeah. birthday
0: party exactly 1114
1: yeah. 14 year olds yeah the new
0: crossfire yeah the new crossfire yeah, cross cross yeah which is a uh, for me, then I had to go up and look that up. I'm like, how come I don't know about this, you know, the new crossfire and
1: realizing
0: yeah. how big of a thing it was back then. And, you know, uh, people talking about the 13 and knowing what that means and that mm-hmm. sort of thing.
1: Well, again, you know, a lot of even people in the UK don't know what it is. So because of yeah. the been swept beneath the carpet and people have been left with the sort of um, pain of that because no one cared. No one cared. They didn't care. No one yeah. cared. And uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Hmm.
0: Well, man. Anyhow, <laughs>
1: yeah, but it's, good. It's, it's not a problem. I think. You yeah. know, But you know, what's happened today in recent times, of course, this year, is what's happened with these kids marching on the street and uh-huh. bringing all this stuff to the surface.
0: Yeah.
1: Now there's no excuses anymore, and I'm uh-huh. so proud of these young people marching on the street during the time of COVID and yeah. demonstrating. All over the world, United States of course, but all over the world, it was amazing. There was a demonstration in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, uh, where the, the mayor of Amsterdam sort of was involved, and the police looked okay, at there's only going to be about 300 people there. Ten thousand people turned up in Dam Square. It's incredible. People didn't understand what hit them, and I think people are having conversations all over the world about this. And 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 and, and, and again, you know, I'm not interested in huge respect about you know helping white people, you know. When other people. <laughs> Yeah. Other people, we are suffering as black people. Oh, can you by the way, can you help us? You have to listen, and that's it. And and that's it. We have to deal with our stuff in a way that um, you know, it's it's almost like look, what's interesting, I mean, we as black people, it's also it's so much there's so many extremes. Uh-huh. So many extremes. You know, yeah. violence is like it's like it's like it's not it's not unusual, you know. It's not mm-hmm. unusual. Even when I was growing up, I was beaten by my mom and dad. You know, mm-hmm. where'd that come from? You know what I mean? This right. thing in depth. You know, I know American black people were beaten as well. Where's that? Oh, like yeah. It's kind of it's the, the whole thing is we have to break things. Mm-hmm. We have to break and 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 in our mental capacity too just to sort of see where we need to go. Um, anyway, I'm going on a bit. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, it's interesting. I remember when uh, my friend my aunt, told me about George Floyd. I, I, she was in LA. and I, oh, what, what happened? And I said, oh, really? Oh, oh, it was terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then I went on with my day. Because how many times can I take this? Yeah. I, I imagine it's there. I put, I put it away somewhere in my head. I put it away. I put it away, like you always do. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how I just looked at myself. Okay, oh, this is how, this is how I deal with this. I like, sort Compartmentalize certain things because if I don't, I won't be able to put one foot in front of the other.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, I've dealt with this stuff for many, many, many years in this country. I mean, I can imagine,
1: listen, you're your genius on a comedy central. And, you know, and you, I mean, I know you from obviously, you know, you we know, you, get it in Europe. I don't know. What can I say? You should be, you know, you should be having your own show and, and being genius and, and whatnot. But it's again, same thing with Lee Logan and these kind of people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just one of those things where we, I don't know. It's one of those things. We could debate this all day, but it's one of those things which is necessary to us to sort of, you know, talk about because unless Mm -hmm. we we don't, we're not going to get anywhere.
0: Do you think, uh, and this is kind of an esoteric question, so I apologize for the nature of it, but uh, (laughs) let's get into a little philosophy with Steve McQueen. And and I know you have to go, and I appreciate your time, Steve. It's it's such an honor and pleasure to talk to you, uh, being such a fan. But uh, I wonder what has an effect on culture, like the actual events that happen, because I get very suspicious. I think people forget these things. And I wonder if cinema in some ways has a more lasting effect on people because it influences people. Like sometimes it sneaks in there because of the Mm -hmm. entertainment value and may have a more profound effect on people than the actual thing that happens sometimes. Possibly, possibly,
1: Possibly. possibly. I think you know what we did with with certain f- stories and Ma- in in small acts.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: we'll, we'll do that because it will bring it sure. to the. F- I mean, you know, you know when you, again, it's like your your, your medium. You know, when you turn mm-hmm. into a joke or whatever, that can right. reverberate throughout the world and oh yeah. my goodness here, yeah, oh yeah, oh my goodness, uh-huh, that's so, f-. and it, it sticks in the head, but in another way, in sometimes you've got to go. You have to go to get it, get around it in another way for it to sort of, sort of seep in. Um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely. I know that's happened with small acts. I know this has happened with manga. Definitely. But, yeah. You know, the sort of re, re interest in Lovers Rock and Dub, in, in, in obviously Leeway Logan, and in all our lives, you know, mm-hmm. Leroy Logan, and obviously Alex Wheatle, and you know, we, we will see about education when that comes out, because that's, that's very controversial what happened yeah. at that time with educationally subnormal schools. And absolutely. Children, too. Uh, it's incredible.
0: It's so powerful. Yeah. It's so important. Everybody, you got to see small acts. They are not small acts at all. They are very, <laughs> indeed, <laughs> large acts. There's a lot of plays on words that you can do. Steve, uh, anything uh, that we should... Do you think you'll do more of this type of thing or or more of this uh, type of t- uh, storytelling about this particular culture? By the way, I want to get some West Indian food right now, is how I feel after watching this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, this is it. I mean, look, I want to get, you know, again, I... Um, <laughs> I, think, you know. I mean, I was hungry when I was watching these. <laughs> things. I was like, oh, my God, what is in that pot? That looks fantastic. How many years of watching other cultures
1: cooking their food? I guess, yes, uh, exactly. I, I don't know what's, what's next. Um, what is next? What is next is having a rest, I'll be honest with you. And yeah. so I think, I don't know, again, I, in some ways, I have, no idea. I, have mm-hmm. no idea. I wish I could give you a, a, a great answer with, with, with that. But I just, sometimes you've got to stop in order to, to do more. So yeah. I think i have going to basically stop because I've been working for like you know, seven years straight and, and uh, not getting any rest. And I think you need to have those lulls in order to sort of put more sort of information in your head.
0: Well, we'll be looking forward to whatever it is. And also, I want to thank you personally, not only for introducing some of these stories, but like I said, introducing some of these actors. Who I love it when we see new faces of people. Uh, the gentleman who played Krichla was fantastic. I, I don't know his name offhand. It was, uh, yeah, he's so fantastic. His performance, you guys, you have to see, you know, it's just, it's so, it's so good. It's so solid. It's just so real. The levels that he is able to achieve in that with, you know, it's really a, it's a really a cinematic performance. It's a real film performance that he gives
1: his quality is almost like, you know, his quality for me, his quality, i are going to say, is like Al uh, in that sense of, in the government because sometimes you can say so much without words. That's right. You can, you can communicate so much. I mean, overacting or do, I've got to Absolutely. act. Absolutely. He, he, he projects by, it's almost like he's, what is it was, it was, it was, it's a beautiful thing. He's present in his absence.
0: Yeah. And
1: it trans, and it reverberates. Beautiful. Yeah. I and mean, again, it's like miles, man. How I many
0: notes do you need? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, Miles turned his back on the audience. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you niggas, you don't need to see my face. Just listen to the music. You don't need to yeah. see me. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Exactly. There you go. Okay. Well, thank you so much, and thank you again. I, you know, I'm a big fan, and I'm so happy. Oh, to you're
0: me. very kind. But Steve, thank you, thank you so much, guys. Small acts. It's on Amazon Prime Video, BBC One. Um, it's it's uh, it's not. To say it's an education is not fair. It's an exhilarating entertainment that is. Uh, it 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 incites all of your senses. Let's put it like that. So uh, watch it, and I know you enjoy it. Thank you so much, Steve. It was a pleasure talking to you, my friend.
1: My Love, lovely chatting. Cheers, mate.